Crackers Without Borders, the greatest podcast on the planet. <laughs> Bienvenidos empacadores sin fronteras, dos papás dedicados al amor, la risa y los empacadores de Green Bay. Packers Without Borders, the greatest podcast on the planet. Two dads talking love, life, dedicated to the Green Bay Packers. Go Pack Go! Verde y amarillo hasta la muerte. This is Matt Kuhneman, Omaha, Nebraska. You can follow me at Quarterback Matt, and I'm on Packers Without Borders with Matt and Bruce. Welcome to Packers Without Borders. We are often imitated, never duplicated. The original OGs. I am your co-host up here in Oak Bake, Manitoba, Matt Larson. Deal with it. I've got, of course, with me as always, down in El Paso, Texas, drinking a margarita, drinking some sangria, having a Sessions beer. Bruce Edmonds, how you doing, Bruce? Sophisticated. D graduated the sixth grade. <laughs> Up by the cement pond. Real life has gotten in the way these last couple of days, hasn't it, buddy? Real life sucks. Uh, <laughs> why can't we just be on this thing all day long and just do this all day? Come on, people. Right? Get, oh, get you together. Know, you know how? You know how we could do this all the time? Oh. Well, you you wanted to announce it. Now's a great time right now. Might as well. Well, Might, yeah. we've officially opened up our Patreon page, Patreon slash Packers Without Borders. If you guys would be so kind as to let me convince my wife monetarily that I'm not wasting my time every week. It's not going to happen. Fantastic. I know. But you know what? If you guys can go out there and support us, uh, Patreon, we'll put the link out on, on Twitter. Um, a buck a month, a buck, whatever you want to throw this way. You know, we're trying to, we've got a lot 100, of- $100,000 $100, a month. Yeah. That's what this content is worth. Trust me. If we could, uh, if we could get royalties on some oh. of our bits that yeah. are being used around the world, I'm telling you, rich, rich, bitch, rich. We've got, we've got a very good plan in place for this off season. I understand a lot of people, you know, Packers lose. You don't want to listen to Packers stuff. We get it. We're going to do a lot of our Packers content as news breaks out, but we've got a really good plan in place for the summer with other things that we're going to be doing. Uh, Matt and I have spent a lot of time obviously on this podcast, trying to come up with something that, that you guys enjoy. Patreon is going to be coming on board, but we have a lot of stuff lined up for the summer months leading up into the draft. And then after the draft leading into training camp that will keep you guys busy and entertained. Um, not all Packers stuff. Obviously we're going to focus a lot on dad, dad things. I've been doing a lot of studying on things outside of the Packers that have helped me personally in my life as I'm dealing Wait a with minute. Yeah. There's a, there's other stuff other than the Packers? Yeah. You know, dad stuff, self-help oh, stuff. Oh, you mean the rest of the stuff? Yeah, the real stuff. Oh, the nine months were the stuff. Um, we got a few things we want to talk about. We want to talk about the uh, AFC and NFC playoffs. We want to talk about uh, Tom Brady retiring. And uh, you know what? Uh, you we sure? have, Are you we sure? have a, yeah, no, he said it this time. Okay. He said it this time. He said he wanted to spend he wanted to spend more time in his Uggs kissing his children. So I have a, uh, a mailbag question. So let's hit the bing. Mailbag. Not the one with envelope <laughs> it's beautiful it's the greatest that's seriously every time i hear that song I, it brings a tear to my eye it does it brings it does. a tear to my wife's eye too did you did you did you is those chords they sound familiar you wrote all that that's impressive yeah car carla asks i got a question for your next episode who could be a good candidate to be our new special 
teams coordinator. Mm. Um, I'm going to go with anyone else. Wow. <laughs> let's stop promoting from within and let's hire somebody from the outside. You know what? Here's a great idea. The Baltimore Ravens seem to always have a pretty good special team. So why don't we grab one of their assistants? Or how about we grab a coach of color? Because there seems to be, much like all the snow out here, a little bit of a whiteout happening in the NFL. Yep. Of course, the news broke with uh, Flores. And we'll get into that right now. So, you know, to answer Carla's question for me, um, there is one guy I've been looking at here that I've liked. and it's Kroger. Um, Kroger was hired for the for the San Diego Chargers as the tight ends coach, right? So he's got some uh, like on field experience. Um, but I just there's something about this coach, and if you go look him up, so Kroger K O G E R, he's done a lot of. He was offensive coordinator at Utah, Houston, Florida. He's been a quarterbacks coach um, at Utah, Mississippi State, and Florida. Um, and last year, you know, and it's, so it's Johnson, right? So it's, um, he's with the Eagles, he's worked with the Eagles. So he's on the Eagles staff, just really, you know, like Kroger, this guy, Johnson, those two guys are the candidates that I'm looking at. So, um, really interesting, man, because they're not special teams guys specifically, but they've done a lot of the different components. I mean, you think about offensive coordinator, offensive line coordinator, quarterbacks coach, all of these different pieces. And with all the pieces that we're losing now within the team that are going to other teams, because when you have success, you're going to lose your coaches, period. I mean, that's what it is. So we're going to swipe people from another team. And I agree with you. And we'll get into this stuff with Brian Flores, which really chapped my ass. But those two guys look for Johnson from the Eagles and Kroger as the two guys that they're interviewing that I looked into that it's like, okay, now I see where Matt, you know, Matt LaFleur knows his coaches. Um, let's see what diversity we start getting into right, right now with, with coaching hires and, and this debacle that has finally been exposed um, I don't we, think it really, I don't even think it really needed to be exposed so much as we need to turn the spotlight up brighter. Clearly nobody else is seeing this. I've, I've been tweeting this for uh, about a month now. And you Why? got some hate out of it too from people. Oh, saying, That's I had some people. Like yeah, what's oh, about it? All I'm wondering is, okay. And this is me just using my eyes. Okay. I'm not a specialist. I'm just looking with my peepers. Okay. And I look out at an NFL field and I see that 95, 90, let's say 90% of all the players are players of people of color. Okay. Black, Brown, whatever. Those, those ain't white dudes. We're probably in that about 10% range of white dudes, right? Long snapper, kicker, quarter. There's a joke, but right couple of linemen that you know what I mean like there's there's a lot of when we go to the hall of fame now this of course brings all of those well the Paul Horning days and things like that when there was segregation and it was just absolutely terrible and America was you know garbage burning itself down but much like it is now but you know there's got to be at least 70% of all the players in the Hall of Fame are all people of color. Mm -hmm. Why are we not seeing coaches as people of color? Would you not want the best, right? Who wouldn't want, like, Mike Singletary as a head coach? Why don't you want Mike Singletary as a head coach? Ray Lewis, wouldn't you want Ray Lewis as a head coach? Or at least a defensive coordinator, right? I mean... There are a lot of jobs that are being handed out to these guys I've never heard of before. Flores is gone out of the blue nowhere, and now we see the lawsuit. We start to kind of pull back behind the curtain. But how about Frazier? How about Caldwell? How about Marvin Lewis? How about, you know, there's 500 other coaches out there. How many assistant coaches that are of color that are not getting the opportunity to interview? And look, man, this, this is my – so sources say – sources close to me, which is me. Here, here's what I think – is happening 
And it was real apparent when Brian Flores came out. And unfortunately, he's probably never going to get a job, just like Kaepernick when he spoke up, is never going to get a job, even though he's more qualified than a majority of the quarterbacks that are on any roster right now, whether it's a first, second, or third string, whatever. The fact that that guy hasn't had an opportunity. That was kind of like the first little peek behind the window, right? And then I think with Gruden and what happened is – I'm not going to say anything related to race. I'm just saying there's an inner circle of people in the NFL, the owners. I'll say it. it's a whole bunch of white guys that apparently okay. control everything in the NFL. I'll say it. you can okay. bring the heat to me because it's apparent. And Very it's because apparent. all the owners are white guys. And they had one scapegoat in Gruden, right? Because finally there was enough pressure on them where they had to release it. They picked a dude. Okay. You white dude, you're done. You're out because you did a bunch of stuff, but it opened up the curtain a little bit more. And now with Brian Flores talking about and coaches coming up and saying, oh, they were going to pay me $100,000 per loss. And then they blame him for the losses and fire him because he didn't do good enough. And I'm sure halfway through the season, he's like, fuck this. I'm not doing this anymore. This is above me. And they go on a run. But he was following what they had told him to do. If this is true, that they were paying him $100,000 additional on his contract per loss, that is beyond just think about the ramifications with sports gambling and all of this stuff and the fixing of games and all of this and how this is just going to open up a can. So now instead of him being the scapegoat, what he did is he went on the offensive. Gruden had to go on the defensive right after at this point he got fired and he's on the offensive. And I think you're right. I think this is finally out. So Brian Flores, instead of being the scapegoat with this entire situation that we know has been hanging over the NFL since its inception, let's put it that way, right? Regardless of social things that have been going on, this is something with an organization and an institution. He went on the offensive and now is opening up Pandora's box. I think that Gruden ended up being um, the scapegoat for the white boy club, as you mentioned it, because they have to they have to sacrifice somebody to shut everybody up, right? Now, okay, we're all good. No, it goes a lot deeper than that. Um you remember Evero last year for the Packers, right? I mean, he was the defensive coordinator. He was up for it. We were looking for him to come over, um, and we ended up going with Joe Barry. So Evero, it looks like, has just been hired um, as DC. Um, and at least, you know, he was the, the pass game coordinator for the Los Angeles Rams this last year. Um, but luckily now, right, he, he's got an opportunity here, and it looks like the Broncos are bringing him over. It's – these hires now, everybody that hires a black coach to me is going to be like, oh, we don't want the repercussions, right? Because we're laying in this lawsuit. It was the Broncos, the Dolphins, and the Giants who are being named in this. All of a sudden, the Broncos are hiring a, a coach of color. Now, I'm not saying that the guy's not qualified, but you're not telling me that there's not PR that's going on in the background with these teams and everybody's saying you guys. Well, and they're, they're also trying to sell their, their team. The Broncos are officially up for sale. So, I mean, if you if you don't think that there isn't a boys club or you don't think that there isn't special favors being going on, why don't you go ask Schneider from Washington why he was able to do everything that he did, and then they did an investigation. The best part is, is they were allowed to do an investigation on themselves, and what did they find? Eh, nothing. But an outside investigation goes on with, the, uh, with Gruden, and suddenly – $10 million is being handed over and hush money is being spread everywhere. That's weird, eh? That's a little out of the ordinary. Listen, absolute power corrupts absolutely, right? When you've got billions of dollars at play, there's going to be somebody pulling the strings. I think what we need to do, right, is let's, uh, let's kick out some of these, uh, let's say NFL ownership is limited to like 15 years or something. Let's say that. You can only own a team for 15 years. You can't give it to your grandchild and your grandchild and your grandchild. I mean, go look at the, go look at the bloody lions. The lions haven't done anything to any, they, they just love to sit there and lose and just make the league minimum. They're just, they're just a cash cow for those people. Nobody's putting any money into that team. And if you don't think that's right, take a look at Stafford, right? One year with a team that has a couple of, couple of good players here and there. And suddenly, right here he is in the Super Bowl. You There's know, a lot of, a lot of, and I'm going to say it this way too. There's a lot of whitewashing. Absolutely, it's no. We it, it has to be said, Matt. I mean, it's we're beyond 
the PC culturally, ooh, I'm going to upset somebody card at this point because it's real apparent. One of the ways that I conduct business, and I'm sure you're the same way, and it's something that is vital to a business being successful long-term is transparency. That's number one, right? I don't care if you're a privately owned company, whatever it is, there comes a point where you have to have some transparency. Why don't they, as a player's NFLPA, you're already profit sharing, right? Why don't you make these owners give up 40% of their fucking team and let players give a player pool where you can buy into the teams, whatever it is, right? Where you can have stock and maybe it's stock in the NFL for there's a hundred percent of money that comes to the NFL, right? 60% is owned by the owners. 40% is owned by the players or whatever that split is. So if you switch teams, it doesn't matter because it's all coming out of the same pool. It's not like you're just investing in the Packers. Well, which I mean, how, how you do that, I don't know, because it's owned by us. <laughs> but yeah. something, the split has to be done where the players have a say and they have not, not an NFL PA, which is a separate entity, completely separate from the NFL that has to negotiate. No, same room, same board. You have six dudes and four dudes, or you do the representation, however you have to do it so it's fair. So when there's going to be a hire and the NFL has to go through the process of seeing if this was fair, they follow all the protocols, have players or player reps from those teams or a percentage that are assigned to the board to review all of these hiring practices, leave it trans. I don't need to know. I want the players to know, and they're comfortable that the process is right. I'm not their employee. I'm just consuming a product, but how about that? How about just, just throwing money at them because that's what they want. And that's what they're doing. They're throwing money at everything to close it down. Like people with money always do, right? You put, you hide up holes and you hide everything because you have money to do it. No, you know what? You're already only making 60% of the money or whatever percentage you negotiated on the last bargaining deal. This time, you know what you're going to do is now you're going to restructure the organization and 40% is going to be by the owned by the players and when re, you retire, you have a pension that goes with that, right? As an owner, you're out and you can get vested depending on how long you are and you have a scale of where it comes in and you get paid. And guess what? You get the same benefits that all of those coaches and all of those people and all of those executives has for the rest of their life in terms of medical. So all of those players are part of the NFL pool and they become that same thing with the refs. You know what? Make the, I've said this a hundred times, make the refs employees. If you're a giant organization, you don't, some people outsource HR. Some people outsource all this stuff. No, in this case, it's all inclusive. It's not like they're outsourcing anything. So why aren't your employees who are the NFL players a part of it and op offer stop stock options? If they don't want in, don't do it. And at least have somebody at the table, not from outside. We already know how that goes with MVP voting and all this type of stuff. No, have they players choose their reps. They're going to show up when, when somebody's, they're going to have a committee with players on it that are going to review all of the things going on with these hiring practices. And if they're good and the dude's white, fantastic. Sign off on it. If you I did think it, it's even, I think it's even simpler than that though, Bruce. I think it's really simpler than that. Diverse is pie of the owners. That's hard by the owner, right? I mean, they're the guys with the power. Who's good. When you have power, how hard is it to take power away from somebody? Let me tell you. You own an NFL team that's like a franchise, okay? Now, if you owned a Subway and they found out you were putting your dick in the meat, they would take that franchise from you. Yeah. I think there's a handful of owners that need to have their franchise taken from them. And when, they, and when the NFL takes the franchise away, I think that they should be going towards minority groups or people of color. You know, go to them first. Say, hey, listen, we have... The Washington Commanders, terrible name. The Washington Commanders, we have them sitting here. Uh, the team is worth, you know, whatever, 300 million bucks, whatever the team is. I don't know what the team is worth. But, you know, 300 million bucks. You think Snoop Dogg, Dr. Dre, maybe they have the money? I mean, I, I, I know that kind of sounds racist that I'm bringing up those guys, but I, I, I like, I can think of at least 50. It's not racist. It's people of color, I, but I can think about. of. I can think of at least 50 people of color that would have the money that could buy an NFL team. So it, it, it drives me insane that why aren't they buying the NFL team? And then you start thinking, oh, wait, they can't because they're, they're, they're being, you know, uh, held Real out fun. of the group. Yeah. They're, 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 oh, you're not part of the inner circle. I'm sorry. So we're just going to keep this round and round and round we go. 
and it's going to be given to granddaughters and grandfathers and, and, and everybody else, all the way for a hundred bloody years. You know what? I think this is what happens. Okay. Let's say Bruce buys an NFL team. Bruce buys the LA chargers and you know, he has a great long career as a LA chargers owner and for the next 40 years, Bruce lives to the ripe old age of 86 before he passes away. And then the NFL says, okay, put it up we'll for bid. We'll find you and we'll find you somebody that'll buy the team from you. And then here's your money. Oh, I want to give it to, to my kids. No, it doesn't work like that. It doesn't work like that. We give it to the next guy available because then they go, oh, well, we'll do expansion. We don't need expansion. You know what we need is expansion of the mind, expansion of our vision. That's what we need because I, it, it is absolutely mind bottling that we are not. I, I don't. I, why isn't somebody yeah. hired? Having this conversation. Frazier, Frazier's had the best defense in the league for like three years in a row. And, and nobody. Nobody wants to give him a sniff. I mean, not for nothing, Matt LaFleur, but like, hey, if Frazier's out there, give him a call, man. I know we have Joe Barry, but geez, Frazier's over there, right? Nothing. You look at the you look at uh, the Vikings. Oh, we're going to get Jim Harbaugh in there. Why, why are we bringing up this college coach that has already come here, turned that whole thing into a fucking debacle, bed. and then ran back down with his tail between his legs? Next. Flores is right there. He needs a job. Caldwell is there, right there. He needs a job. Frazier. Frazier has earned it for crying out loud. He would be great against this Packer team. No, no, we're going to fight Joe and Ryan or Matt and Ryan. That's all we're going to, you know, come on. This is, I don't, I know it's, you're just as frustrated me with this and because it, it struck a nerve. Look, as much as people see my name, Bruce Edmonds, right? And even you and every person in the United States, let's be very clear. What makes the United States great, Canada included, North America in general, is the diversity. This country was built on diversity. And what makes it amazing is it gives people from all over the world an opportunity to come to a country that doesn't hand you anything. That's wrong. The U.S. does not hand you anything. What it does is it gives you the opportunity to work through life. And if you're willing to put in the work, it will give you more opportunities to continue to grow. So my family is, okay, I was born in the United States. So by proxy, I'm an American citizen. But my background is my grandmother is Hungarian. My grandfather is Scottish. On my mom's side, I half Spanish from Spain and half Comanche from her. So I'm a fourth Comanche. So I look white because of course, I, you know, I've got the Scottish and Hungarian, but ever, all of us, if you look at your lineage and you take the time to look at your lineage, the color of your skin has nothing to do with what you are from blood and culture and everything that comes out. And that's what bothers me. This is bothering me just as much as hell, dude. I look white as hell. And I've lived moments of racism. There were some videos when the Black Lives Matter a movement came out, I could literally all 12 things like, have you ever been turned away service for this? Have you ever this? All of it. And it's not just here in the US. I mean, because I spoke Spanish and I went to a college that was in a town that was very white. Of course, I was the beaner, right? Because I spoke Spanish. It didn't bother me because I'm sure like everybody, you get used to it and you kind of just, you'd rather not confront it because you know it's going to end up in fisticuffs and I just much rather not give it importance and walk away from it I'm sure women you know today on women's on women national women's day it's the same thing you don't want to it takes a trailblazer to have the balls to stand up the way that Brian Flores because it's bothering all of us and it's not don't look at the color of the skin is look at what you have inside and what you're carrying on the inside and that's what we're all carrying like it, I, again my, my daughters don't see color they don't see anything like that they see a good person or a bad person. Right now, what these people are doing is they're bad people doing something good to a lot of good people. And yes, there's bad people. Look, there's bad white people. There's bad black people. There's bad, bad Latin people. There's bad every type of people. But you can't profile and say just because of this, that entire group is bad, right? Like you within that same subset. And I think every culture will agree that not every Muslim is a terrorist, but Guess what? Not not every American is a terrorist. We have domestic terrorists. Except except for Swedes. Oh no, they're Why up Swedes? to something. No, they're, they're up not. to they're, something. No, they're neutral. 
they're in that they're in that those mountains and they're sharpening their skates they're coming down i'm yeah. telling you the swedes yeah. are up to no good <laughs> this is matt coming to you from cincinnati bengals country where i'm a huge packers fan this is packers without borders shout out to matt and bruce for putting on a good show if you like the things that myself and Bruce do on Packers Without Borders, the jokes, the sports, the hilarity, give us a like, give us a subscribe, hit that like, hit that subscribe button. You can, you can even sponsor the show. Just go to iTunes, Spotify, Anchor, any of those platforms where you listen to us and leave a review for us. We love hearing from you guys that way. Appreciate a lot of the reviews and what you've done, but it's going to help us out a lot if you go out there and, and you click like and subscribe on any platform that you listen to. I really appreciate the support, guys. Peace. Go Pack Go. Hey, this is Matt Stevenson. You are listening to Packers Without Borders, but please don't hold it against me. I just met these guys. I, I completely agree with you, Matt. I mean, I, I believe God loves variety. That's why we have flowers in every color, birds of every color, rainbows of every color. We have people of every color. He likes variety. I like variety. It. This is This is a tough problem. And with tough problems, the spice of life, the spice, the fact that we're not the same and that everybody wants in this movement of everybody wanting to be themselves and not hiding who they are, regardless of what it is, what makes the world and people and humanity beautiful. That's the beautiful part of this. You know what? I'll, I'll, I'll tell you a quick story. Uh, this was probably about 10 years ago. Well, more than more than 11 years ago, my son wasn't born yet. And uh, my daughter, she was, you know, four or five years old, and I wanted to get her everything. And I was working my absolute ass off. And I couldn't, you know, we all know what it's like, you, you put in 60 hour work weeks, you kiss the boss's ass all day long. And I mean, really, I'm taking two steps back every week, I'm not getting any further ahead. And I was having one of those pity party days you know, where you're moping around the house and the whole time you're like, I, you know, I, I can't get ahead. Everything I'm doing, I'm just hitting a brick wall. And and some people had bought a house, about four or five houses down from us. And I finally bumped into them. And uh, uh, the guy, uh, really nice guy, uh, he was from uh, Korea and uh, they were very poor in uh, Korea. He was able to come across and uh, he came to Canada. He worked here. So I can't re really remember the details, but it was like a visa that turned out to be a work visa. And then he ended up being able to stay here. Long story short, it took him five years to get his wife and daughter to come to Canada. Mm -hmm. Five years of him working, not only his job, but he worked at a McDonald's. He, uh, he worked as a taxi cab driver. He did everything and everything to save up as much money as he could so that, you know, he could bring his family here. He finally gets his family here. They were they were living in in uh, refugee camps. Uh, you know, his his 14 year old daughter. Uh, I mean, just just terrible, terrible, heartbreaking things. And you know what he says to me? He says, we went for a walk as a family. He goes and the birds are chirping. He goes, it's, it's going to be pretty good. And I thought to myself, I'm never complaining ever again. Yeah. <laughs> you know, that diversity, that perspectives, that to show you the other sides of the coin, the other sides of the dice, the other sides of the whatever, right? That's what makes you a better person. That's what makes you a better human being and a more compassionate human being. You hit the nail on the head, buddy. That's what it is. And it's it's not about, look, I think you and I are uh, are of the mind as well that you do things the right way as well, right? Like if you do things and, and here's maybe a bit of advice that we can give everybody because I've lived by this. I know you live by this. Um, the road to do things the right way is much longer than the shortcut to get you somewhere, but you sleep well at night. You don't run into issues down the road that you have to fix constantly, which makes life harder 
right? Because you went the easy route. If you do things the right way and you do things, nobody can call you out on anything. And that's part of like what's at the at this heart of this entire issue, not just with the NFL. It's across everything. I mean, the NFL is just a business, right? A large business. This is not inclusive of the NFL. This is every place. I'm telling you right now. I mean, I your wife was having trouble getting a job. Yeah. Like it's it's not very qualified, has everything she has to do, but because she wasn't willing to go the extra mile to put it mildly, you know, in a proper way, she just stayed in this dead end job. And then eventually I was like, what the hell are you doing? And then when she told me what happened, I was like, you quit that fucking job right now. Right? Like just leave the job. We'll figure it out. And it's everywhere. It happens to everybody. And it's just a matter of ultimately, again, just doing stuff the right way because that path allows you to sleep and be successful. And yeah, it's going to take you a lot longer to get there. But when you get there, there's nobody that you've stepped on along the way. Um, you've taken care of everything. So everything in life is about relationships. Hell, you could have the greatest resume in the world, but when you submit it to that company, if you don't know somebody, more than likely, you're not going to get that job. It's going to take somebody saying, I vouch for this person or I want this person in this company in order to come in. So just do stuff the right way. The NFL needs to change that mindset of, oh, just give me my money, money, grab, money, grab. We're all here. Everything's working perfectly. It's like fucking Mr. Burns from from The Simpsons in there. All of, I kind of picture him in there doing that, just hoarding everything. No, you've got lives. You've got everything open up. You need to expand. You need to change. This whole change that's been happening for the last couple of years it, it's slow. The progress is slow. And, but what they say has nothing to do with the actions. And that's the problem in the PR that the NFL has now. It's beautiful that you're doing all these different campaigns, but you know, who's leading all these crucial catch campaigns and everything else. It's the players, not you. You guys are full of shit. You're using your players to expand your brand and your company. You're using your employees and exploiting them to get the narrative out that you want which has nothing to do with the inner workings and how you actually serve as an organization. You know, don't, 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 don't get me. Don't, don't get us wrong. We're not going to uh, solve racism in an hour long podcast. We're not going to solve racism uh, probably in my, you know, over the next hundred years, who knows how long it's going to take, but you know how we are going to make it better is we're, we got to talk about it. And and we have to start saying the tough, asking the tough questions and, and, and putting it out in front of these people and saying, well, you have to show me, show me with your finger how you're making this better. It's all fine to put up the signs and, and, and have the stickers and put out shirts and stuff, but show me physically where you are making it better. This is a great opportunity here for the NFL I mean, I, I honestly thought with Washington that he was going to lose that franchise. They were going to take it from him. And apparently you can do whatever you want. And this is where it's got to change. This is where it's got to seriously change. And it changes with ownership. Because I guarantee you, if, if the ratios that we see on the field were the same ratios that we saw in ownership, it would be the same ratios that we would see in coaching. Mm -hmm. Because it only makes bloody sense. I mean... Really? It, it, takes, it only makes rational sense. So here's a fact. It takes you seven days, like, you know, smoking or whatever habit that you need to break. The first step takes seven days, seven. So seven times the amount. Of, and what they say is however long you did it for, it's going to take you two times the amount of time to fix that. So if the NFL has been around for a hundred years, hundred plus years, it's going to take 200 years for it to change. Same thing with racism, same thing with culture. You look at voting rights for women that are still in voting rights for men, and voting rights right now in the United States that are being questioned. All of this because people are opening it up, but it's going to take not it's us teaching our kids to do it the right way, them teaching their kids to do it the right way. And then possibly by that generation, that third generation, we might have the change that we're looking for. That's how long it takes. Yeah. Let's, uh, let's move on. Yeah. The Bengals are in the Super Bowl. Holy guacamole. I said guacamole because you're from El Paso. That's true. Yeah. It's... Yeah. Wow. 
at halftime, I thought the fix is in, boys. That all, you know, ah, boys, the fix is in. See, you'll never take me alive, Capaz. Because the O-line, that right guard was holding like you wouldn't believe. The left tackle was basically just put putting the guy in a sleeper hold the entire time. No calls, no nothing. Huge push off, uh, huge push off for a catch. No call. Uh, uh, Higgins in the back of the end zone can't even raise his right arm. The guy's hanging on his right arm. No call. Somebody looked at Mahomes. That's 15 yards. Oh, right. I, I even posted that video of the offside. And you yep. see the guy is standing beside the ball. It hasn't been snapped yet. No call. Suddenly we get into the second half and there's some calls. And what do you know? There were some conversations, I'm sure, at halftime from New York or wherever it was, where it's like, mm, what do you guys do? You're doing? missing a whole bunch, a whole bunch of stuff. And then you're calling it the wrong way. I'm glad to see that the better team won. I'm glad to see we won't see another dildo on the uh, Super Bowl field. And uh, like I had mentioned in the previous podcast, do not upset the football gods. They are frugal. And they will not have... None of this champagne spraying shit. Period. Or TikToking on the opposed opposing team's field. Do you remember when um who was it? Was it Dez that ran to the middle of the star or somebody to the middle of a star with the Cowboys and slammed Owens. it down? Owens went yeah. down and slammed it down. And guess what? Since that moment, have we seen the Cowboys be of any relevance at all? No. It's almost like the Babe Ruth curse, you know? It's yeah. like the moment that you piss off the, the football gods so badly, they they find a new way to torment you. And it's and it's not just giving you a team called the Jacksonville Jaguars, right? It's not like that where you're always mediocre, you're always terrible. What they like to do is, is they like to go, oh, oh, okay. Yeah, you know what? You're going to make the playoffs and you're going to have a great weekend of celebrating and you're going to have your hopes up and then we're going to take them away. But then there's next year and next year you're going to have an even better team and an even better showing. And then you're going to make the playoffs and we're going to take that away too. And that's what's been happening to Patrick Mahomes, our MVP. Can't suddenly not throwing touchdowns when it matters. Sounds like someone else we know. Strange. You know, I digress. Let's move forward. The NFL gods are the same as golf gods. Yep. Yeah. There's only Don't one God and he's controlling the NFL and apparently golf as well. If, if you've ever played golf, you know that if all of a sudden you look down at your scorecard and this has happened to me before you look down at your scorecard, you're on like the sixth hole and you go, Hey, Hey, I'm three under so far. That's it. No more birdies. Never another birdie again. Bogies, double bogies, a couple of snowmen are going to show up on that card, right? It's just like in the third period of a hockey game during a shutout. Nobody say a damn word. Shut up, right? The no-hitter in baseball. When it gets to like the seventh inning, people won't even like look at the pitcher because yep. they're afraid, right? Do not tempt the gods and Brittany, Tiffany, whatever the hell her Champagne name is. Mahomes. Champagne Mahomes. What a dummy. You, I mean, I get that you're excited. And you know what you do? When you get home and you're with your old man and you guys are all alone, or maybe you just got some friends over or whatever, and there's no TikTok, shoot the champagne. Shoot it all over your have house, a not over people in freezing weather that have to now go soaked in champagne to their cars in freezing weather and go home and smell like alcohol on the way home. And if they get pulled over by the cops, you're going to smell like champagne. All the kids, champagne. all the kids. If I was walking to the truck and my kid was frozen, sopping wet in champagne, trust me, there'd be a few choice words. There'd be a few. My wife would be bailing me out of jail that night too because I'd go up there. Yeah, and then she's got to make the shirts. That's the best part. Uh, uh, people are picking on me. Okay, when you're up in that ivory tower, okay, let me know what the weather's like. Come on, fuck, rub $100 million on it. Next, San Francisco, the Rams. After watching that game, I am more convinced that the Bengals are going to win the Super Bowl. 
Who I do mean, you more, Joe Burrow or Matt? And I'm very happy for Matthew Stafford. That's the only, I'm happy for the Bengals as an organization, and I'm happy for Matthew Stafford to have left the cloud of a horrible organization, which is part of what you're talking about that we talked about earlier, going. You give him a few pieces, guess what? He's in the Super Bowl a year after being in purgatory for as long as he was with the Lions. I'm happy for him, and I'm happy for the Lions or for the, for the Bengals. But who do you trust more, Joe Burrow? Joe Burrow. Stafford? Joe Burrow. And it's because Stafford always gives you a turnover or two every game. He just does. That's what he does, right? And he's still got that, I'm a lion, so I've got to drag the team. And it was evident. He wouldn't rely on the team. And let me tell you one thing, okay? Tennessee is better than the Rams, okay? Kansas City is better than the Rams, both of these teams were supposed to run circles around the Bengals. Derrick Henry was going to rush for oh, well, 900 yards, right? Uh, uh, Tyreek Hill and them, man, it was just going to be points after points after points. Mahomes was going to throw eight touchdowns. Oh, it'd be ridiculous. What happened, man? What happened? You know what happened is Joe Burrow is a magician inside the pocket, dude. The Some of the escapes that he did where he was just like, how are you not down on the ground? I mean, that was just willing not to get sacked because we know the paper bag of a or Kleenex of an offensive line that he has at this point oh, is not going to get war. fixed against oh. Aaron Donald and that front for the Rams. Do you think the offensive line can hold up enough? Because Joe Burrow is going to be fine, but could they hold up enough to give him, I don't know, 2.59 seconds to throw the ball because he mu- he'll he make the read and make the throw in time if he's got time. I think Mixon gets a double, triple dose. And you could see it in the Kansas City game. They were barely getting any yards, and they kept feeding Mixon because that coach knows body blows, body blows, body blows, body blows. And what was happening late in the third, Mixon was turning those two-yard body blows into six, seven Donald yards. Breathing yeah. Deep. Oh, yeah. Everybody's starting to oh, suck yeah. some air a little bit here. Or uh, not, who was it? The uh, Chris Jones. Jones. Chris, Chris Jones. Jones. Chris Jones, was yeah. Sucking and then, air. And then they get into the fourth quarter, and suddenly Mixon's going eight and ten yards. And then they get to overtime. And, and Mixon grabbed the – he was just eight, eight, eight. Every time he touched the ball after that. You know, I thought he was going to be – I thought the – the Bengals were going to be in trouble towards the end of the game because they went away. They were, they were no huddle quick on the ball. Boom, 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 right. Going down the field. And all of a sudden towards the last five minutes, they started going away from that and huddling up again. And maybe it was because their players were tired, but their dudes were tired. No, what are you doing? Like, just keep it going. I was like, uh Oh, you don't want to give any time to Pat Mahomes in this. You don't want to do it. And look what happened, right? You gave him any type of anything, anything over apparently 13 seconds at this point. But um, I heard that he was only good for 13 seconds. That's what well, I heard. That's, that's just a room. That's why she that's, drinks champagne. That's, that's just a rumor I started. I'll, t- I'll tell you this. There's no stopping Joe Burrow. There's no stopping this guy. If he had an offensive line, he'd never lose a game. I can guarantee you that. And you can talk all you want about Eli Apple, and you can talk all of what you want about that Bengals defense, right? Three points the entire second half of that game. Three points in the AFC Championship game, and when it mattered most, they came up with dang near three picks in a row on on in, in overtime. Eli, Eli Apple had to go right through his hands. He said afterwards, I was thinking about the touchdown as it was coming to me. He had nothing but daylight in front of him. He was gone. And as soon as it came to him, I think everybody and their dog screamed, oh, but that's, oh. it. that's been Eli Apple's career. When he was with the Giants, that's why they got rid of him. He just – no hands. Great well, player. Well, that's why he plays DB. Yeah. Great <laughs> playmaker, but just doesn't close the deal. There's That's the difference, right, between those really good players in the elite. Who closes the deal, right? I mean, that's yeah. that's where that's why Tom Brady's on a, a completely different level than everybody else, right? Because regardless of what we say about him and as much as we – the reason I disliked Tom Brady, and I disliked him less at Tampa until he kicked our ass – it's not, it wasn't, it wasn't Belichick. It's him as a person and bringing the team together to a certain point, having what he has to take them to dude, seven Super Bowls, 
I don't care. That's never going to be replicated right now. It's the it's guy is the guy has appeared in ten Super Bowls. Ten. Not going to happen again. Okay. Name name even Terry Bradshaw, Joe Montana, all of those guys. It ain't ten. So right. Joe yeah. Montana was never in ten. Brett Favre was in two. Right. Like oh, yeah. so, I mean, the Buffalo, the entire Buffalo Bills with Jim Kelly. They were in three as a franchise. Brady was in 10. The best part, though, is, is as he leaves the Bucs, he leaves them with a $25 million cap hit this year, regardless of if he's on the team or retired or not. And doesn't that get into the point of Aaron Rodgers? Because it's the same idea, right? You're going to – Aaron Rodgers wants a long-term commitment. And we were talking about this a little bit earlier, Matt, where um, Andrew Brandt talking about um, – being in the room during the offseason in that debacle year where he was positive that Aaron Rodgers was coming back, right? And as much as everything was going on on the outside and sitting there, but he was even kind of in shock because they asked him, like, what's Jordan Love's future? What's Rodgers' future? How do you see it as a former executive for the Packers? And he basically said, look, Rodgers is looking for a long-term commitment. Matt LaFleur and Goody smiled from ear to ear when they put in that pick for Jordan Love. So the question is going to be, are they going to commit long-term to Rodgers? Because they've never done it. Rodgers sat three years. Nobody sits for three years anymore. We're in year three of Love, right? I mean, it's one throwaway year and then these, you know, COVID and all that type of stuff. Are they going to basically throw away their first round pick that Matt LaFleur and Goody said? So, I'm sure they want Rodgers back and run it back with the same exact team and do everything as much as you possibly can with him one more what time. If? But, but Rodgers is if? not going to do that. He what wants if? a long-term commitment. What if Rodgers signs a long-term deal and the Packers trade their number one pick with Jordan Love to move up to a top 10 and get a wide receiver? Especially with Devontae. Yeah. Think about it. Especially with Devontae. That solves three issues at once. Four issues at once. We finally get a first-round draft pick wide receiver for Aaron Rodgers. He gets a brand-new toy. A brand-new toy will keep him satisfied. We, we say goodbye to Devontae Adams, who wants way more money than we could possibly afford. We get that cap space. We 86 the Jordan Love whole scenario, and he goes to somewhere else where maybe he can be worth a value for something. Maybe, maybe you know, we even get a second-round pick with it, too, because he was a, a first-round pick that's got three years of experience. Right? So so you're good with three years of Aaron Rodgers and that, because that's probably what we're going to get out of him, right? Three years, more than likely, maybe four years, a four-year contract. Who knows? Who knows? The guy's, the guy's, the guy's wearing beehives as hats and he's rubbing, you know, clay on his broken toe. He doesn't, who knows with this guy, seriously. I mean, he says, Oh, I'm not going to make it a big fancy debacle or anything. Oh, when are you going to announce it? When I'm ready to announce it, me and Pat McAfee will do it in Indianapolis. You know, for a guy that lived under that whole farm, is he coming back and is he not coming back? You'd think he'd play it a little bit differently, but this is clearly the guy that he is. And it's like, all right, at least you're owning it. I can respect that. At least you're owning it. I'm not going to have you over for dinner, but at least you're owning it. And he said just as much. He said that over and over again. That's how he's defending himself. He's like, yeah, I've been this enigma that nobody ever understood. Now, you know what? I'm just going to speak my mind and I am who I am because I'm going to have the haters anyway. So fuck y'all is basically what he's saying. Well, you know, Abraham Lincoln once said, it's better to be thought of as a fool than to open your mouth and remove all doubt. Exactly. That's all I'm going to, maybe that might've been Benjamin Franklin. Well, that goes to show I might quietest, be a fool. Quietest man in the corner. The quietest man in the corner knows the sound of one hand clapping, right? Oh. And you're like, what? Like, is it living in California? Is the legal weed out there? Is that what it is? It might just be more potent than the stuff in Canada. I don't think so. I could tell you that. I mean, that'd be the only reason to live up here. It has not stopped snowing. We've got two more snow events coming. I don't know if you noticed, but we had a little bit of a blizzard yesterday. Yeah, it's only waist high. So, yeah. So, it was supposed to start, what's today? Today's Wednesday. So, it was supposed to start Monday afternoon, and it was supposed to last until Tuesday morning. And Monday, about dinner time, it started to snow, but it was so light that when it stopped at nine o'clock at night, it was paper thin. 
Like it was like, oh, is that it? And you watch all the maps and the scenarios and all of our meteorologists are like, well, I guess it didn't hit us. I wake up at 3.30 in the morning because that's what a good, good guy that owns his own business that does snow clearing to make sure that all of his restaurants and everything are open and clear and ready to go. I wake up at 3.30 in the morning. The sky is midnight blue. It is just, it's black and clear. I can see all the stars. There's no wind whatsoever. And it looked like it had just finished raining a little bit. And I was like, oh, huh. I go back to bed. An hour later, the dog is barking because everything off the back deck blew throughout the entire yard. It started gusting up to 80 and we couldn't see the fence in the backyard. That's how, that's how bad the visibility was. And I posted that video there, right? Yep. It was about, it was about 40 feet. And I know one guy made a comment, 40 feet. I don't know. And it's like, okay, point out the houses that are along the side of the highway for me. Do you see them anywhere? You don't. And you don't even see the driveways. You don't even see their mailboxes. Nothing. I drove past three of them three of them in that video you don't see any of them it was bad so uh we get to work and uh the snow was waist deep waist deep i'm sick i i'm i'm six four so it is what's that three and a half four feet deep people were cars were stuck in the middle of highways semis were struck in the middle stuck in the middle of highways residential streets some of them were completely closed it was the worst storm that we have had in our area since 1997. How do you like that? Okay. Well, and it's, guess what? It's like the 40 degrees that, there. The tail, the tail end of that's actually coming in tonight. Yeah. So we're, I, I played golf yesterday afternoon. Um, oh. anyways, it was 52 degrees. It was really windy. It was shitty. It was shitty. Oh, windy. Yeah, it was perfect. But now, and I'm going to put this in Celsius for you. Okay. But, that was three. That's shorts weather. That's minus six on Thursday, minus eight, minus seven, minus four, minus two, minus three. Oh boy. It's about time you started seeing some of those digits. But so, I'll promise you this, that minus eight, that ain't nothing. And you know what we're going to get? We're going to get 0.1 inches of snow tonight. Woo! <laughs> so you know what El Paso does? They shut All down completely. All the highways have already been salted overnight yeah. yesterday so they've yeah. already put salt down all over which sucks because that shit starts getting up in my you know in my truck and i just washed my truck and of course so now i already bought the monthly pass by the way buy the monthly pass for your car washing needs because it always rains after you wash your car always in el paso do you uh you want to know what us uh, canadians do before big storms do you you smoke marijuana and lock yourselves in your rooms. That's any, that's only on days that end in Y. Okay. No, we use beet juice. Beet juice. Oh, that's right. The beet powder, that's right. You told me instead of salt, you guys use beets. That's right. The natural. Yeah. Works to minus 35 degrees. Just a little bit of it. Well, well, you, you say you're going to get that point one of an inch or whatever. Just a little bit of beet juice on there. And of course they do something to it, right? But it's all natural. It doesn't kill the grass. It doesn't anything. That beet juice will eat up that first inch of snow. So the snow will fall on it and just melt away right away. It's the craziest thing. It it makes our roads look a little red. Like but it's natural. You're not killing vegetation. It's you're helping the earth as well. We're killing, to we're killing beets. We're killing beets. By the millions. <laughs> yeah, those bastard beets. Screw you, beets. <laughs> beets are good. Steaming some beets, put some smoked salt on there. Steaming Ooh. your beet? Yeah. Yes. I yeah. steam my beet all the time. I beat my I, steam. I, I broke my record one time in high school of 11. I don't want to hear this. <laughs> I went blind in the right eye for a yeah. day. Harry Palms. Uh, yeah. yeah. Oh, Sister Mary Rosa and her. Five sisters. Mm, that's foreplay. Listen, Rosie, Palm. uh, Rosie Palms. I'm telling you, we use the beets and it works great. And you can leave it there for quite a while. Right. Um, and while you're spreading it in your, in your truck, do you go, I've got the beets. I've got the beets. The beets I've, I've got, got the beets. beets. Yeah. yeah. I got the beets. <laughs> no. Okay. No, I don't. No, I, I, I'm usually when I'm in the truck and we're spreading it out, I'm like, 
I'm usually like this. Why isn't that working? Oh, what the fuck? <laughs> That's usually what's happening. And then you get out and you're like, who turned this thing off? Why would you ever turn this thing off? Oh, no, wait. Yeah, no, I did it. No, I remember. Yep. No, that was me. Right. I'm usually the worst self-saboteur. You know, the, the, the other day I left the remote for my plow in my shop and I drive from my shop into the city. It's like a 30 minute drive. I drive all the way to this guy's house. I dig through the whole car. I can't find my remote. I'm like, oh my God, I dropped it somewhere. Where the hell is it? I get back to the shop and I'm like, how am I going to take my plow off? Oh, I'll just use this remote over here. And as I'm taking the plow off so that I can go find my remote, it dawns upon me. Oh, this is what I'm looking for. <laughs> Oh, that's what happens with 21 and a half hours of straight shifts. I've been not plowing, um, but been on the phone since two o'clock in the morning, pretty much nonstop, dude. So time changes with some clients that I'm working with in Portugal and Vietnam. They start working at 630 and, you know, my life doesn't end. Like, so I do regular life and then I've just kind of been powering through a couple nights here, dude. It's been kind of better better pay off sons of bitches right that's yeah. that's all i say to myself too after i work for 22 hours i come home and i'm like something better be fucking good today yeah um <laughs> yeah. uh, fun fact i got a fun fact for you okay, okay. this is going to be this is this is this is uh, a new little segment i'm going to uh, bring up and uh i'm going to give you these Fun, strange, and wild facts. Okay. In Iowa, putting this on train tracks is punishable by death. A damsel in distress. <laughs> Obviously. <laughs> Small children. No. Putting this on train tracks is still punishable by death. Salt. Because it makes them skid? Like it makes the train because cattle and livestock. Oh, salt lake. Yeah. Are attracted to that makes sense. Yeah. They'll go to the salt and then a train comes derail. Isn't that crazy? That was a question that was brought up the other day by uh, one, of, uh, one of my customers. And I was like, I didn't know Iowa still had the death penalty. And they're like, they don't, but they have an archaic law. And this law is if you put, this or no if you put what that's how we worded it so i completely messed it up but he said putting salt on this you can get the death penalty and i was like pancakes right like what you know what i mean i was like what what could you possibly put salt on and then i'm thinking that's america salt's on everything right like i don't i don't get it and then he told me salt on train tracks and i thought why would and then it dawned upon me, if you ever see the videos of people in Banff after they've salted the, uh, the, the highways and then they drive up the mountains and then there's a moose standing there licking their car. Yeah. It's the, it's the salt. Oh, yeah. yeah. I mean, that's, you know, I, where I went to college was big West Texas. Just a little fun fact is number three in the world behind countries in production of livestock beef. So wow. a lot of cattle in West Texas and you would see at every post a giant salt lick block and you see the cows and that, you know, they just lick the salt blocks and that's what they do. And they were all over the place. So I know exactly what the salt lick is. Yeah, absolutely. Crazy, right? Cool. Crazy. Now I'm starting to doubt that it was Iowa. It might've been Ohio. You know what? Forget that fact. <laughs> Iowa, Iowa, Iowa. No, it didn't work. Yeah, I was trying to do E-I-E-I-O, but that didn't work. It was one of those farming states. It was a good one. Putting salt on there. Ah, well, what are you going to do? Putting a big screen on there would also get you in trouble. So Saturday, reminder, right? We got a little podcast going on Saturday. We'll do a lot of more of our, our typical stuff that we're planning on doing that we usually do um, segment-wise on Saturday. And just a reminder to everybody, Go to Patreon, Sit. click on the link for Packers Without Borders, and give us your money. Yeah, give me your money. My 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 grandmother, like my grand up, right. If you want us to shut up, give us money. If you don't want us to shut up, give yeah, us money. yeah, give me money and I'll shut up. 
the uh, I have a number. You can you can buy me. I'm telling you. Uh, Saturday situational Saturday. We'll go over all of that there too. Um, what was I going to say? I had something really witty to say, and I completely forgot about it. Oh yeah. So my grandmother is in the hospital. So if you can send me your thoughts, your prayers, your watches, your jewelry, and uh, your money, this is a stick up. Okay. Packers without borders. Episode 67. Pure gold. Wait, are we gonna be are we gonna be episode 69 for the Super Bowl? No. Episode 69 will be Monday before the Super Bowl. That'll be the Bakhtiari episode. Yeah, we'll have to do a whole thing on Bach. A whole Bakhtiari episode? Yeah. Yeah. Or maybe, you know, Motorhead. Hey, right? let's Eat the rich. There. Give us some suggestions of what you would yeah. like. Episode yeah. Tell, tell, us, tell us what to talk about because we're running yeah. out of ideas. Yeah. <laughs> maybe we could just listen to somebody else's podcast and just do what they did. Man. All right. I'm not going to get bitter. I'm not going to get bitter. I'm not going to get bitter. Woosah. Woosah. I am, I am, I am better than that. I hear that. No, I'm not better than that. I'm just crafty. Right on. All right, buddy. Peace. Back to work. Love you, man. Love you too. Peace. This has been Packers Without Borders. Try and be kind to one another. Try and love each other. And go pack go. Esto ha sido Empacadores Sin Fronteras. No se les olvide cuidarnos unos a los otros. Hasta luego. Mother, tell you things long, long when I'm gone. Who you talking to? She telling you I'm gone. It's a great mistake when I'm wide awake. Driving's rained out Weatherman with fingers in the sky Pokes it out, pulls it in Don't know why It's the same mistake It's been a Dead to rights and wide awake
toe You'll work me against my friends And you'll get, you'll get left out in the cold It's the same mistake It's been a Well worth the wait.